0: This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. We're going to talk today about uh, uh, bites from uh, mosquitoes, spiders, and from uh, Uh, bees, wasps, and hornets. Uh, We'll start off with mosquitoes. Uh, Everyone's probably been bitten by a mosquito that's listening to this. Most people uh, in industrialized countries that have been bitten by a mosquito have uh, not received a disease. Uh, That's because most mosquitoes don't carry disease. There are uh, well over 3,000 species of mosquitoes. The exact number is not known. A lot of them bite plants. A lot of them bite animals. Uh, Some of them bite uh, humans. But of the mosquitoes that uh, could potentially bite humans, there's really only three mosquitoes that bear the responsibility of uh, spreading disease. Those are the Anopheles mosquito, which carries uh, malaria, and all the filari- filariasis diseases like elephantiasis, and the Anopheles carries encephalitis, the Culex mosquito, uh, which carries another kind of encephalitis, another, and also filari- filariasis diseases and uh, the West Nile virus. The Aedes mosquito, uh, which has gained a lot of attention lately because of some of the new diseases that it's spreading, carries yellow fever, dengue, uh, chikungunya, Zika, encephalitis, to mention uh, a few um, What's interesting about mosquitoes is uh, if a mosquito lands on you, you really aren't too particularly concerned uh, initially about what kind of mosquito it is. You just want to swat it uh, and uh, kill it. Or uh, when you go to a a place where you know there's going to be mosquitoes, you just put mosquito uh, repellent on and try and keep them away. We've got to kind of get away from that because it becomes very important when you are traveling to all sorts of countries in the world, including industrialized countries that you know kind of mosquitoes are biting because a certain mosquito will carry certain diseases, and so you need to be aware of that uh, and that becomes important uh, to know those. Uh, mosquitoes are generally uh, attracted by uh, the carbon dioxide that comes out of the mouth by and large that 's probably it. the lactic acid. Uh, that 's in a warm skin moisture, and they also like the smell of soap detergents and perfumes, so uh, if you 're out and uh, in a mosquito area, you want to kind of dress appropriately, not only use uh, uh, mosquito repellents it 's uh, only the mosqui- uh, female mosquito that has the mouth parts necessary for sucking blood. Um, they have a proboscis that has two tubes in it, one injects an enzyme that inhibits blood clotting, and the other. Uh, uh, sucks blood into their bodies. It's that uh, blood clotting uh, protein which raises the blood, uh, the little redness, and makes the little pimple on the skin. Uh, the females want the f- nourishment not for themselves but for their babies, and uh, they are really looking for the protein and iron in blood. Uh, this is an uh, age-old uh, an issue. It's been going on since the dawn of time. Just how bad are mosquitoes at spreading disease? Well, there is nothing in the world more responsible for uh, spreading disease. The World Health Organization estimates about uh, 3.2 billion people. That's uh, half the world's population are at risk for malaria. It's just an amazing number. They spread a lot of diseases, and uh, a lot of these diseases kill people. Uh, malaria, uh, dengue, fever, yellow fever, uh, Uh, Eastern uh, equine encephalitis, uh, which has been seen in the United States of America lately, Japanese encephalitis, St. Louis encephalitis, West Nile virus, which is spreading um, Western uh, equine encephalitis, Rift Valley fever, uh, chikungunya, which is uh, just surprisingly spread around the world lately, and Zika, which has really terrified a lot of people because of its problem with newborns. Uh, but once the proboscis gets into the skin, it will just start, start sucking up the blood. Um, one thing that has to uh, be known is that uh, once the uh, mosquito injects that protein to deaden the skin, if it's carrying a disease, and they will carry uh, viruses and uh, uh, protozoa, uh, but once that happens, the person who is bitten is immediately infected with that disease and uh the only way to prevent being infected with the disease is to prevent being bitten by a mosquito there's a big huge misnomer that uh by taking prophylactic medicines that you pre- prevent the diseases well they they can help you but you've got to know that when you're bitten by a mosquito you get the disease that the mosquito had uh that is if it has uh, if it's carrying a disease the other uh Important aspect about the mosquito to know is uh, mosquitoes bite at different times of the day and they bite in different areas. So uh, if you're in a big city uh, somewhere in the world, you shouldn't presume that there's no mosquitoes there, because the uh, Egyptus tiger mosquito loves to live in large cities, and it will live on the sides of buildings and homes and little areas where rain is collected. They live in the trees, tree trunks, anywhere where they can get a little bit of water. So uh, a lot the diseases that the Aetis aegyptus mosquito, so what is it called, the tiger mosquito, spreads are, are, are spread in, in, in cities. So you need to know sort of those facts about them. Generally, most mosquitoes are active at dusk. If they've been biting during the day, they become more active at dusk. If they're going to bite at night, they, be, they begin be, being active at dusk. So if you stay indoors during that time, that will uh, decrease the contact. Uh, you should try to live and camp and be away from standing water because mosquitoes need water to lay their eggs. Um, when you're out in an area where you know that there's going to be a mosquito, of course you want to wear long sleeves and tuck the pants in your socks or boots if possible. If you wear thin clothing and it's tied to your skin, the mosquitoes can bite right through that. And the Anopheles mosquito can be extremely aggressive uh, when biting and will, will, will uh, bite uh, close, uh, close to that the uh, powerful insecticide uh, permethrin permethrin is uh, is an uh, is comes from the chrysanthemum plant um, uh, which has uh, natural insecticides Uh, it is extremely powerful uh, insecticide and uh, it has some repellent properties but not really Uh, uh, it is really an insecticide and so if you put it on your clothing your bedding your nets that will also help to, to kill the mosquitoes so uh, to prevent mosquito bites is the way you prevent spreading disease. And the number one way is to avoid them, know where they're biting, know when they're biting, uh, to stay indoors if possible, stay in your tent, uh, to wear clothing that's appropriate, and to take uh, uh, things off your skin such as perfumes and colognes and creams that might attract mosquitoes. The, there are, uh, there are uh, repellents that are useful. The uh, United States Food and Drug Administration has approved three repellents. They are DEET, picardine, and uh, lemon oil eucalyptus. These three have been uh, approved because uh, what happened in the United States of America uh, 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 several decades ago was West Nile virus was making a huge round and making a lot of people sick and killing people. The only thing that was out at the time was DEET. DEET is really remarkably good, but it uh, has properties that make it undesirable uh, to put on children. And also, people don't like the smell and the oil nature of it. So the uh, US FDA approved picaridine and uh, uh, lemon oil eucalyptus. And these are put right on your skin. Deet really is the gold standard. There are literally hundreds of thousands of studies that have been done to try and beat deet, but it just can't. It comes in a lot of formulations, and some people buy you buy it in 100% deet, but uh anywhere from 5 to 35% is very good if you're going to an area where there's malaria you really want 30 to 35% DEET on your skin picaridine uh the 20% concentration has the same efficacy of about 20% DEET Lasts lasts well, last time about 8 hours and 7% picaridine has efficacy of about 10% DEET uh, but it is it does not have the, the malodorous uh, tint that DEET has and it doesn't stain materials like DEET does. Um, uh, oil of lemon eucalyptus is a naturally occurring chemical and so a lot of people really like to use this. Uh, it is uh, it is not as effective but it is better than nothing and in fact it, it does repel mosquitoes. In Africa and a lot of communities they'll actually eat these uh, pills with the lemon oil eucalyptus in it that will uh, uh, go to the skin and hope that that will help um uh get rid of or prevent mosquitoes from biting we do not recommend that but uh it is uh, uh very effective on the skin um uh it is roughly equivalent to about 10 to 15% DEET but how, but it does provide less duration of protection against higher concentrations of DEET and picardine, which completely repel mosquitoes so the the best choice always is going to be DEET it uh it it's not uh Desirable in many ways, but it really is the best. And if you're going to where there's malaria, mosquitoes, and anopheles, then you need to wear that. Um, there are many other repellents that have been studied extensively that you should know about. They're not approved, but they do work. And uh, to a certain extent, noteworthy among those is IR3535, which is marketed as Skin So Soft. Um, it has a half life of about 20 minutes, maybe two, three, four, maybe even six hours. It's effective at about 12.5% DEET. And it's really good for uh, kids and babies because it's a, it's a lotion, and uh, they'll wear it. So remember, the main thing about mosquitoes is that the three uh, which bite, you should know when you go to an area which um, mosquito is biting in that area and know what diseases they're carrying. But the main thing to, uh, to avoid being bitten by a mosquito, because once you're bitten, if they, that mosquito has uh, a disease, you get that disease instantly. Uh, And uh, taking medicines uh, like to prevent malaria, such as malarone or doxycycline, does not prevent you from getting the disease. It just prevents you from getting it sick. So preventing the mosquito bite is the best, with DEET being by far the best, and picardine and oil of lemon eucalyptus. Okay, let's just talk a little bit about spiders. Um, They are uh, uh, are, uh, arthropods. They are insects. They are very similar to scorpions, mites, and ticks, which is interesting. Uh, uh, there are literally 45 or more uh, known, 45,000 known species of spiders. And they're found all over the world, and they keep finding new ones. They range in just being almost microscopic to being uh, the massive uh, Goliath bird-eating spider that is about one foot long. So they're, they can be huge or very, very tiny, uh, tiny. Um um, people are afraid of spiders it's an uh it's an interesting concept and the reason we mention that is because if someone's bitten by a spider particularly a black widow uh this conjures up all sorts uh, uh all sorts of fears and um so uh, one of the first things that happens if you're bitten by a, a spider is to uh or you see someone that has been is to calm down because uh uh generally speaking although painful or uh, irritant most spiders aren't deadly and will only cause problems. but uh, So you almost always have to calm yourself or people down. But um, there are really only a handful of spiders that create problems. Uh, the the biggest one of those is the black widow and the recluse. And the lactoderm black widows are found all over the world, and it depends upon where you're at, which one of those is going to create problems. The recluse spider is also found in many places around the world, uh that uh, can create problems so it's really only those two spiders it was once believed that the hobo spider would cause damage or skin death which we call necrosis but uh more recently studies have shown that the hobo spider probably does not do that so we don't include that in the the, the list of spiders that cause problem now it's just the black widow and the recluse uh, most spiders are uh, carnivorous and what's interesting about them they share the same problem as snakes do is that they can't chew their p- p- uh, prey so they have to um wrap the spray up their their prey up and then they since they don't have teeth and they can't swallow they have to inject the prey with uh, digestive uh, fluids then suck the liquefied remains into them this has significance uh, because if a spider bites a human there is often allergic reaction to this fluid that is injected into the skin. Um, it's often confused with an infection. Uh, it's it's conceivable that a that a spider bite would cause an infection, but it, that's just because it turns red and it might even across the skin in the area, that's not an infection. It really is a reaction uh, to this fluid that is injected in uh, into the uh, well. We'd be the prey. So. Uh, Not all spiders uh, will build a web, uh, but every spider produces silk. Uh, That's a protein fiber, and it's really uh, quite remarkable. It does catch prey, but it also is used to climb and to to tether themselves for safety. They use it for their egg sacs and uh, making nests. Well, let's talk about the black widow spider. This is probably the one that is uh, feared the most. Uh, The species... uh, uh, the Lactroductus uh, is found uh, throughout the world. It is, they're all dark black, and they have red marks on them. The black widow has uh, a mark that resembles an hourglass, and it's really quite profound and ominous uh, to, to look at. Um, this uh, species uh, is found in, uh, well, the United States, uh, mostly southern Europe. As you get north, it doesn't get, tend to go to that area. It's Asia, Australia, uh, Australia and uh, Africa, and much of South uh, America. They uh, in the United States of America, the most in the South and in the West. They tend to be found in dark, dry shelters such as barns, garages, basements, and they love to live in the uh, like things like rodent holes, tr- uh, trash bins, and outdoor toilets. And people go to the bathroom outdoors and are often bitten on their buttocks by a black widow spider. They'll live in the in the window wells of abandoned homes. They tend to avoid people. It's interesting. They uh, if uh, people move into the house, they'll go to the basement, the corners. They don't uh, actively go after a human. Once bitten, the the bite area very quickly becomes extremely painful, and uh, uh, a little faint mark will appear later. Uh, It is uh, causes muscle uh, stiffness and cramping at the at the bitten site, and the the entire limb actually that's bitten may actually become uh, 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 cramped and very painful after that um people are usually horrified at the thought that they've been bitten by a black widow and will become very excited and agitated and because of all of that they get you get additional symptoms like headache chills fever heavy sweating dizziness uh whether that's caused by the the venom or not is is not clear but most of that is 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 a lot because of the uh, becoming very excited uh, because of that um black widow bites have a, a very good long-term outcomes even though that they're very painful um if you can photograph the spider or catch it uh it's best uh, even a smash spider you can identify because you can see the red mark on it you want to if you do get by it, but what you think is a black better wash the area just know that they're extremely painful and uh, that is really the problem there is uh, an anti-venom to them uh that is used in the hospital but not many hospitals have it and give it to children the air uh, uh, to the elderly but it is rarely used the reason it's rarely used is it has a very high uh, allergic reaction rate, and it's not uh, always efficacious. So these bites are usually just treated with um, uh, uh, pain medicines. Uh, you can put ice on the area to cool it down. Unlike a snake bite, you can put ice on a on a black widow bite. Um, usually, if you're in the back country and you're bitten by a black widow, you want to evacuate them because. The envenomation site can become extremely painful, and the patient's limb may, may not work well. It really may become, uh, uh, have tetany, and uh, it's hard to give that kind of uh, medical attention in the wilderness. Uh, but the main thing with a black widow is to calm down and treat it with pain medicines and know that the the, the antivenom is not very effective. The recluse spider is the other spider which uh, can cause uh, necrosis. Um, They're found uh, all over the place. It used to be uh, uh, thought to be more localized, but they have found this in Chile, Peru, Ecuador, Argentina, uh, the southern eastern part of Brazil. It's in Uruguay. They found a similar spider uh, in the Mediterranean. It's actually called the Mediterranean recluse, which is uh, what they call the tramp species because it goes all over the world on where people will travel. Um, all of the recluse spiders, wherever they're found and whatever species they are, m- makes very small sticky web under rocks and wood piles. They, they kind of look for warm human habitats, including homes. One of the things that's remarkable about these is that they will um, uh, completely take over home. And there are a lot of stories and cases where uh, the recluse spider uh, gets into a home and uh, will multiply to the point where there are literally hundreds of thousands of these little tiny spiders in the homes. So what's interesting is they don't bite. They tend not to be aggressive unless you step on them, uh, but uh, you'll, you, they will get in clothing and food and closets and will tend to avoid people. So even though they do cause problems in humans by causing a very necrosing bite, uh, they they tend not to do that. Uh, after, uh, if a recluse does bite you, uh, the initial bite is very painless, unlike the black widow. Uh, at some point, it becomes more painful red and maybe start to itch. Uh, the majority of recluse bites are localized, and then they become very necrotic. And uh, just like any wound, they'll heal within uh, two or three weeks without complications. And they could get infected. Uh, there's very little systemic reaction from these things. Uh, again, treatment with bites, is uh, spider bites, is with identification, catch it, Um, and uh, uh, watch it. They don't spread disease, and they rarely get infected. The reaction to the fluid is very common, however, and that is often confused with an infection. The little yellow sac spiders, which are very common in homes, are the ones that probably uh, uh, create most of the problem that people uh, notice when they see little red pimply marks uh, on their uh, skin. We want to mention uh, bees, bees. well, bees are really part of a, a larger order called Hymenoptera. Uh, they include ants, bees, and wasps. Uh, it's interesting because more people die in the world, especially in the United States, and where there are bees, uh, from bee stings, hornet wasp stings, than any other animal bites or stings. This is due to an allergic reaction. A single sting from an, to an allergic person can be fatal in minutes, if not hours. And that becomes the real problem with bee stings. A local reaction is the most common reaction from a sting. It usually is a small red patch that burns and itches, very irritating. Uh, some people can get uh, diffuse red skin and hives. And if they do get allergic, they get swelling of lips, tongue, squeezing, and then go into anaphylaxis. Uh, bees, and specifically the hymenoptera, attracted to this, uh, you know, the sweet smelling fragrances. Uh, aftershaves and perfumes, so you should avoid those when you're in the backcountry. Uh, what's interesting, bee and wasps are attracted by rotten fruit and fruit syrups, so they will go after food that are uh, on your table because they love uh, the scent of those. Uh, people who have allergies to hymenoptera should uh, see an allergist for desensitization, but they should always carry uh, epinephrine uh, with them when they get into the backcountry. If you are bit by or uh, stung by a bee, uh, or one of these, if it's a sting, then you need to scrape the stinger out. You take a uh, some uh, something like a credit card and scrape it out and get that out. Anytime you, you have to get rid of the allergen, if you're going to treat an allergy, you can put ice or cold compress on the area, and you can give oral uh, analgesics. One of the uh, for most uh, hymenoptera stings, ammonia is very effective. If you go to the store and buy any one of these preparations, which will get rid of the sting, it's almost always. Uh, ammonia. So if you take ammonia within the backcountry, and if you're stung, and if you're not worried about allergies, just put ammonia on the wound, and the sting almost always uh, will go away. But remember, the big problem with hymenoptera is the allergic reactions, uh, and so uh, avoiding wearing uh, perfumes and clones that tend to attract bees, and watch the food that you're out, uh, and avoid hives if you know them, and to uh, carry. Uh, allergic reaction medicines epinephrine prednisone and somebody gets allergy that you have uh, an albuterol inhaler with you so that you can treat the allergic reaction if you're in the back country trying to treat an allergic reaction it can be scary so make sure you have the appropriate material and uh, medicines we like to go to the desert and into the canyons of the desert uh, when uh, we get into the back country that's where scorpions are found um Scorpions generally are not uh, a serious bite, rather a serious sting, but they uh, do create problems. Uh, they're always found uh, between fifty degrees north and south latitude. They don't go uh, beyond that, and they really are in the semi-arid climates. Um, uh, in in most cases, a scorpion sting is is almost like a bee sting. If you don't have an allergic reaction, most people aren't allergic to uh, scorpions, is you get just a little sting and a little pain in the area and without any other problems. So you wash it off and use ibuprofen. You can try ammonia on the area. There's some studies that indicate ice will neutralize the venom of a scorpion. So you can try that. Um, there are some scorpions around the world. In the United States, the Centroides, uh, which is often called the Bark Scorpion, uh, uh, found in uh, Arizona and New Mexico, a lot of people who go down the Grand Canyon will be stung by the bark scorpion. This is a little bit more serious sting. So you have to uh, uh, watch for it. Uh, some of the symptoms are paralysis, muscle spasm, breathing problems, vision problems, and evacuation is necessary. Scorpions are not afraid of people and will crawl uh, on a body, hide in clothing. So the main thing about scorpions you want to know is that you want to check clothing you know, in the backcountry before you put it on. That includes shoes, life jackets, because that's where they love to live, and they'll sting you and may, may not be dangerous to an irritant and have a big sting on your neck after you put your uh, life jacket on. So make sure you uh, clean those out. Um, and again, ice is something that has been shown to be useful. Uh, and if you think it's a uh, bark scorpion, then you're probably going to need to have to va- evacuate that. Anyway, this ends the, uh, the podcast. And uh, thank you for listening.